Howdy there, lady. You're tuned into Wine and Gine, a lively woman's health podcast hosted by two licensed midwives, Kelly Pappas and Tiffany Alblinger. We're dragging every sister, mom, and best friend on our mission to make chatting about the female body and everything that comes along with it a normal and amusing thing. Grab a glass of wine with us while we flex our vagina expertise and dish on women's health topics each episode. Remember, you too can be a vagina expert because you have one. Welcome back to Wine and Gine. This is our second episode. Very exciting stuff happening over here. Um, And if you happen to miss the first one, you can head back to episode one so you can get to know uh, your vagina experts here. Um, I'm Kelly. And I'm Tiffany. And uh, we're going to jump right into it today. Um, We are talking today about getting to know your body. So talking about kind of the general landmarks of what's going on, um, in particular, the more intimate areas of your body. Yeah. So good. So So good. Kelly, why is this important? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think it's super important for you to have um, an understanding of what's going on in your body, with your body, what your body is designed to do functions of your body, um, and just a level of comfort with your body. Because if you don't understand what is happening, where it's happening, um, everything is going to feel abnormal. Everything's going to feel a little weird. There's some disconnection with your body. Um, And we want you to be able to be comfortable in the body that you're in, be comfortable with uh, the normal processes that it goes through, um, all of that. Yeah. And so why is... Why is it that women don't understand their physical bodies as well as we want to teach them today? Another great question, Tiffany. <laughs> um, I think there's a general lack of information out mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, overall, I don't think we're necessarily learning. We're learning like some things in health class when we're younger, and you know, all of that, and then all of a sudden, nobody really talks about it. There's a lot of women who don't have friends who they can talk about. Um, their body stuff with, and they, you know, all of a sudden have no idea what, what and where things are happening, and they just kind of assume, right, that that's normal, nobody really talks about it, and they just kind of accept it, I think. Yeah, or what if you don't think your body's normal? Like, what if you think that what you're experiencing is abnormal? Absolutely. Then you're not going to talk about it. Oh, for sure, because you're like, I don't want to be that weird person with, like, the you know, discharge that comes out of my neck. I'm like, I don't want to talk about <laughs> yeah. that, right? right? When in reality, it might just be like some secretions that come along with ovulation or something. You're right. Like, yeah, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, right. So I think it's super important. And I think that a lot of women, um, you know, might be a little afraid or ashamed or something too of their bodies. I know that there's a lot of, um, you know, like taboo-ness. Mm-hmm. Tabooity. Yeah, I think it depends a lot on how we were raised mm-hmm. or our own self-esteem, mm-hmm. but also a lot depends on, like, our sexual history, right? Absolutely. Um, that is probably one of, like, the biggest factors, um, in particular, like, whether there's 
uh, trauma in your background, whether like your sex education has been a positive one, a negative one, how sex was talked about and viewed in your family or in your church or in your school or with your friends. Um, I think that there's so many layers and levels that go into it. Yeah, or how you've been treated by sexual partners in the past. Absolutely. Too, probably affects a lot of the way that you feel about your body. Absolutely. And for sure, I mean, there's a general disconnect. It's not, you know, a secret or anything. There's a general disconnect with uh, people who have experienced sexual trauma with their bodies. um, And that's understandable. And um, we hope that the way that we're covering this today is uh, gentle with those of you who feel that way, who have experienced those things. And we hope that by listening to this, that you gain more confidence and connection with your own body um, and begin to, you know, rebuild and regain that confidence and uh, positive relationship again. Yeah. Actually, I want that today. Right? Yes. I think that is truthful for everybody, right? For sure. Absolutely. Um, So I was uh, doing a little bit of research for this, and... um, I found it interesting that all of, like, the statistics and, you know, little surveys that people have taken showed that 30% of women have never, like, taken a mirror or spread their legs in front of, you know, whatever, taken a look at what, like, their external genitalia. Never even seen what is going on down there. Doesn't it? Okay, because we have daughters, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, I mean, we're very liberal with information and, like, nudity and stuff in our house because that's not, obviously, an issue in our... Well, it is an issue sometimes, though. (laughs) But, like, I've I've walked in a few times and seen my girls, like, investigating. Mm -hmm. So maybe we do that as curious children. And then as our... as our genitalia matures, it changes in a way and we start to develop opinions in ways that mm-hmm. make it, we're not quite so curious because we're afraid of what we might find. Yeah, I definitely think that that's a part of it for sure. I do think, I mean, clearly, and I have mixed gender kids too who are like all up in each other's things <laughs> trying to figure out who has what and what looks like what and all of those things. Um, and there's definitely some of that that's lost as we get older, obviously, as a lot of things get lost as we go from children to adults, but um, I think this is one of those things that potentially, um, you know, just becomes this subject that maybe people don't want to talk about. Maybe, um, again, they might be afraid, or maybe they're, like, afraid on the other end of, like, enjoying it too much. Um, You know, I think that there's just so much going on in this whole subject that we could go on to, like, 10 different podcasts about just that yeah but in general what was the number you said what percentage of women do not 30 percent of women have, have never not, and maybe they did as kids and they sure. don't remember right? but as adults but as adult women they do not and their stuff yes okay yeah so this is a needed conversation for sure yeah like three out of ten women in the room so next time you're in a room with 10 women, just look around. <laughs> Decide which that. three yep. you think it is. Yes. So, on top, so we have those 30% of women, right? On top of that, there's 75% of women who have some kind of, like, misinformation about their genitalia. Like, some kind of inaccurate belief, like their labias are supposed to look a certain way, mm-hmm. or that... 
they didn't know that there was a urethral opening that was different than their vaginal opening, just some kind of misinformation. 75%. And that's a, I mean, that's a massive number. Yeah. I mean, I was in that, I was in sure. that yeah, group before I went to midwifery school. Yeah. There's you know? definitely a couple things that I would open up a book and be like, oh. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, today. that's the truth. And then, no. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. And it's helpful for us. And then that uh, we're in a position where our door is open to be able to explain it to other people, too, and help continue right. to demystify um, those things. So, and I think along with the women who have these uh, inaccurate beliefs or, you know, misinformation, there's also this... Um, level of shame that some women have, um, regarding their, in particular, like their external genitalia. Um, I can't tell you how many women, like both doula clients and midwifery clients who, uh, before I see their vaginas, they feel like they have to explain something about them to mm-hmm. me. Like, Oh, like things are like, Oh, like a little weird down there. Mm-hmm. Or like, Oh, this is like, they have to explain to me that something about their vagina is different or anything and I look at it and I'm like no that's completely normal right, <laughs> right right um and so there is this level you know of of shame that women have and I think unfortunately uh that also comes with not understanding what normal is so you might know this is what my body is but her body is probably not like that and I look at these other women I'm sure their labias are great you know whatever yeah um and you'd be surprised yeah so yeah because we were yeah oh for sure yeah and after seeing how many vaginas Hundreds. we've seen, um, you recognize that there isn't one normal. No, right? I mean, do you actually like have a like have a like memory imprint of anyone's vagina that you've ever seen? No, no, not at all. No, no. I mean, sometimes I'll be like, "Well, that's interesting," but I'm not. I don't know who that was. Yeah, no, not at all. No, I mean, even people that like I know and I see on a, uh-huh. on a you know consistent basis. Right. Like, oh yeah. I've seen your vagina. You have. I don't remember what it looks like. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's a really beautiful vagina. I'm going to try to remember better <laughs> next time. My vagina was going through some things when you saw it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. You get a pass. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think in order for you to have a uh, positive relationship with your body in general, that comes along with understanding it. Right. And so that's why we wanted to uh, make this little podcast for you guys. So, what I thought would be fun for everybody, um, (laughs) is if we encourage you guys at home, you ladies at home, to grab a little handheld mirror. I suppose you could use your phone. Oh, yeah. You know, in like selfie mode. Yeah. You could. You could take pictures if you want to. Don't you think like if you had a floor length mirror that that would work too. Like if, oh, your for clo- sure. if your closet was mirrored or if you had like one of those. And just spread. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. There's an angle, there's, there's an angle there with the, with the um, heels yes. that you've got to get. <laughs> you should be and, flexible for that option. Yes. There's lots of options. So whatever you're most comfortable with, but I think we want to make sure that y'all are not in that 30% of never seeing your vagina, never seeing your vulva, your external genitalia, all of those things. Um, and we want to encourage you to like, hopefully learn something new about your body and about women's bodies in general. So hopefully you've had time to get your little 
phone out, your mirror or whatever, um, and then we can kind of walk through some landmarks. So let's do it. Yeah, let's get the Road, lay of roadmap the, of the body. Yes, it sounds so lovely. It kind of does. Like that would be a nice um, board game. Yeah. <laughs> like the board, like days. the board itself is like the yep. journey. Yeah, where would you start? What's the starting spot? I mean, are we talking about like? genitalia body or are we talking the whole I mean maybe you might I mean start just like, I'll start with genitalia because that's a, that's a family friendly yes of course <laughs> of course it is <laughs> um well realistically we'd probably start with mom's pubis right yeah mom's pubis <laughs> which is probably what you call it right everyone Everybody knows calls exactly it. what the mom's pubis okay is. so what is the mom's pubis it's just essentially the the mound that is on top of your pubic bone yeah so the so if you if you start at your navel and you press in at all the soft places until you get down to the first bony structure um, that and the little fat pad and the pubic hair, that whole general area is the mom's pubis. And that's the very north end of <laughs> the north. The north, yeah. The north end of, you know, that's where underwear starts and bathing suits. Yes. And that's that's where your private zone begins. That's where it all is. And if so, if you're not like, shaved or waxed or whatever it's probably covered in pubic hair and that's just like where it's chilling that's probably what you're most familiar with because when you look down that's what you can see yeah yeah there's not and of course everybody's different but there's not a lot to see from your own eyes standing up straight besides that mound right yeah yeah okay i think we've got that mound's pubis so we found that yeah get to know yours check it out um, so now if you're going to head down just a little bit, um, we are going to find some fun little folds there, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So we have two separate things happening there. So what is happening? We've got the labia majora, mm-hmm. and that is the first fold of lip. Yeah, and it's the outer. It, um, it goes from the where your leg crease stops and your groin begins that those first identical folds are your labia majora Mm -hmm. and then inside of those is labia minora Mm -hmm. and that makes up your vulva so when we talk about the vulva we're talking about pretty much just the labias yeah together the um the external genitalia. So a lot of people say vagina when they're talking about everything that's in between your legs. And that's just not anatomically correct it because your vagina really is on the inside. inside. Yes. Yeah. So the, the interesting thing and probably one of the most important things that we can share today is that often the labia majora is larger there's fattier Uh tissue there's more skin and the labia minora is smaller a little bit thinner not as much fatty tissue Uh um but that's not the case for all women no and i think that there as you're sitting there with your mirror or your phone or whatever you can kind of get to know it's like does your labia minora extend out of that some people's like folds up and you don't see anything on the inside some are mm-hmm. open some are wider thinner longer longer all the right things. and um 
what about like um, them not being symmetrical? Just like anything else on your body, right? right. Like that some if you went like this and like this, your face isn't all you know, you might think that it is, but um it's completely normal for them not to be, and it's completely normal for them to be brown or pink or cream colored or you know, a host of different colors, right? Yeah. Um so again, we want you to get to know what your normal is. And recognize that we could see 300 vaginas and everybody's would look different. Right. Right? Yeah. And vulvas. Yeah. Let's talk about vulvas here. Hey. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm but a mentioning that it's what, yes, every, exactly. it's what yeah. everybody's used to calling yes. it. Okay. What is that? What's that project where the guy took the... um. The molds of women's labia. Oh, yeah, it was like on a wall. Yeah, it was like a whole social project like to show how different yeah. Yeah. women's external genitalia was. Yes. It's like the vulva wall or the vulva vagina wall or, or something. something. Yeah. We're going to find it we'll and find we're going to link it in the show yes. notes so you guys can check it out. Because that's a really, that was a, such a powerful tool that was really so, for popular sure. for, for other women and men. To see all the different shapes and proportions and mm-hmm. sizes of the labia. Mm-hmm. Super important. So, again, no normal, but you just get to know what yours looks like so that you're, you know, familiar with your own body. So, um, so next, we are going to follow the line of the labia minora, like the inner labia part, um, and if you see where like the tissue all converges, you're going to find something that you probably already know about, um, called the clitoris. So the tissue is converging towards the top, like yes. up, back, yes. back up towards the moan's pubis. Yes. It's like a little tent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the little top of the tent. Yes. You've got the... You've got a door flap and you've got a screen <laughs> <Yeah>. flap. <laughs> and it's knocking on the door. Open for yes, very much so. Tip of so the top of the tent. It's kind of like this little nub of skin, basically, that's there. But it obviously, I mean, I'm assuming that you're aware of what it has the power of doing. Um, but it basically houses almost all of your, like, the nerve endings in your genitalia. So it's going to be a pretty like exciting spot to know about, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and I think you may be able to see yours just taking a peek there. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have to like, un- you know, uncover mm-hmm. all of the screen doors that might be mm-hmm. there to take a little peek. Yeah. But um, it's like know. pea-sized underneath. Yes. Mm-hmm. A hood of skin. So there's, it's something called actually the clitoral hood. And that is the skin that protects that little pea-sized place called the clitoris. And so sometimes there's more skin on there that kind of mm-hmm. needs to be pulled back. Or sometimes it's just all right there for you to see. But um, it's, prob- it's probably easier to feel under your fingertip for that little pea-sized place than it yes. would be to necessarily spot it to with your it. eyes. Yeah. This might be part of the touching part. We didn't tell everyone to wash their hands. Yeah, true. So take a moment. Go sanitize your hands. We don't want any infections happening. No. Right? That's a different episode. Yes, for sure. Tune in to that one. Um, 
So you're aware of where that is, what it can do, all of that good stuff. Um, and if we travel just below that, we're going to find, you might not be able to see it, but there is where your urethral opening would be. Right. And that's where your urine comes out mm -hmm. and it's going to be in between your clitoris and your vaginal opening. Yes. And it might not be the easiest thing to find because sometimes we have a hard time identifying oh, yeah, for it sure. on other women. And what's that reason? Why is it so difficult to kind of like, um locate well size and placement and it's ideally supposed to be protected a bit right. so that we're not getting all kinds of bacteria and stuff yeah. in it up into our urinary tract one of the reasons that we're like white front to back mm -hmm. right so that we can get all that bacteria away from it yeah yeah and so you may be able to see it as you're exploring but if you don't see it you have one don't mm -hmm. <laughs> don't worry about it we're sure of it. um yes but that's where it would be just so that so you're aware. if this might be a little bit more hands-on than anybody wants to get, but if someone's really curious about exactly where that opening is, um, like they could pee in the shower or something mm -hmm. and kind of spread their labia and look at exactly where the pee stream is coming out. For sure. I mean, that would be, that would be the way that I would probably most easily identify it on my own body if yeah. I hadn't known where it was. Yeah. Right. Cause sometimes sure. when you're peeing you're, and you're sitting on the toilet and your labia is all folded closed mm -hmm. it does feel like it's coming out of your vagina oh for sure yeah, yeah. and then I think the, when I learned that the urethra was different than the like than the vaginal opening mm -hmm. I thought the I thought the urine was coming out of my clitoris oh. <laughs> because there's a little pucker yeah. there okay gotcha right yeah so those are different things and they're relatively close so that makes, that makes yeah. sense yeah, yeah yeah and their urethra on some women can be really close to the Clitoris and the urethra and someone that can be really close to the mm -hmm. entrance of the vagina. All normal. Normal. So getting to know your own is a good thing. Um, so we're traveling from there. We just talked about this other magical hole, vaginal opening. That'll be the next if you're, you know, traveling further south from your urethra. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, that is basically where, you know, Babies come out of, mm -hmm. penetration happens, mm -hmm. um, period, yeah, menstrual flow mm -hmm. comes out of there. So that's kind of like, that's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about the vagina, that opening mm -hmm. and that like canal area there versus everything external. Yeah. And that's also where all the secretions come out, not just the mm -hmm. period, but yes. you've got glands in there that are making, you know, mucus and um, lubrication mm -hmm. and all of that, that would come from um, inside the vagina. It's a fun little spot. So uh, if you have washed your hands, you are also fully welcome that if you were to put fingers inside and follow uh, the vaginal canal, you would be able to feel your own cervix. If mm -hmm. you did some, you know... Some searching. In yeah, there. yeah. Because most, like a lot of women can put their fingers up and be like, I don't quite know what I'm feeling. Most likely you have felt your cervix if you've put your fingers up there. You might not have been aware of of the fact that you did feel it. Right. And so what does it feel like if you've never felt it before? Um. So depending on, you know, where you're at in your cycle and all of that, you know, all of that stuff. It just kind of feels like a, uh, I don't know, like a... Yeah, I'd say the end, like your nose. Yeah. It's kind of firm. It's yeah. about the same size as the end of your yeah. nose, probably. Yeah. And it's like a little donut, kind of, right? Like it's round on the mm -hmm. 
round on the outside and sometimes has like a little, a little puckering pucker. in the middle. You may not feel all of that depending on the position that mm-hmm. the cervix is in because it um, cha- it rotates around in your all throughout the cycle. Vagina, yeah. which is fascinating too. To optimize um, fertility times, right? Yeah, for sure. Like moving down, wanting to bring sperm up into the uterus and all right, that. Right, which is or, the yeah. reason it moves in yeah. case that would freak anybody out to yes. <laughs> know that. Why is it moving? What is happening Robotic in there? Robotic cervix. Yes. Pretty impressive cervix, though. Um, and then obviously, like, from there, your uterus and fallopian tubes and ovaries are, you know, up through there. So, um, Which you probably won't feel. No. Right? No. But, but someone doing a pelvic exam on you could feel from the outside and inside, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I've been able to feel ovaries and yeah. you know, all yeah. that good stuff. If somebody taught you who knew mm-hmm. where to find ovaries on the outside of your lower abdomen, you could probably palpate your own ovaries. Yes. You could probably see. Depending on where you are postpartum. Yeah. Or, I don't think you can really feel your uterus otherwise. It's pretty tucked down there. Yeah. Yeah. But the cervix is the opening of the uterus. Yes, it is. Um, and so from there, if you travel back, there's going to be a bit of skin between, right, your vaginal opening and your anus. And what is that called? Perineum. It's such a lovely word. Oh, it is. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Perineum. Perineum. Actually, that is Okay. What yeah. some people call it. Oh, no. Oh, there's worse words. Yeah, no, I, I actually kind of like it. It kind of yeah. sounds like a like a type of flower or something. Yeah. Perineum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, so that's just like that little smooth piece of skin right there. Um, and then that leads up to your anus, which your anus. You're your anus. familiar. They've got it. I would familiar, assume that you're familiar. Right? Yeah. So. Um, so that's what's like going on down there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't put your finger in your anus. No. No. There's no reason to do There's, that. No. No. Please don't. So hopefully you've enjoyed this little tour of your nether regions. Yeah. Um, Any parting thoughts? Well, let's see here. I mean, so so what are some things that women could feel? Or see when they're doing this that would be totally normal, but they might be freaked out about it for some reason or another. I mean, we talked about different shaped labia. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking like um, women who've had children before mm-hmm. might feel something different in their vagina than women mm-hmm. who haven't. For sure. Right? Like, what are some of those things? Um, I mean, depending on like, the vaginal wall and the rugae and things like that, like that, which is the, uh, what helps lengthen and all, do all kinds of fun stuff in the vagina. Um, like where their cervix is, what they feel on their cervix. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they've ever had la- a laceration or a tear. Yeah. I was going to say on their birth, birth. Yeah. There might be a little bit of scar tissue mm-hmm. somewhere on their Whether perineum. In, or- internally mm-hmm. or, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would just feel like the same kind of skin, just a little bit firmer, just a mm-hmm. little bit tougher. Um, what about like hemorrhoids on your For sure. Rectum? Like that would be something that you might not know that you have until you see. Until you check it out. And be yeah. Like, oh, that's something that I should tend to. 
Right. So that would be like a little protrusion of like fluffy tissue. It would like every fluffy. <laughs> it's like a little pillow. Yeah. So I'd curl up in that little hemorrhoid. <laughs> take a little nap. Yeah, I'm so hemorrhoids are like essentially um like um a blood vessels, vessels. in yeah. the anus that have lost some of their elasticity mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Usually it's um the hormone relaxing in your body mm-hmm. when you're pregnant and then or straining with constipation mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, some Sometimes the yeah. hemorrhoid will just like kind of pop out and you just pop that right back in. Really? That's Say what no, I thank you, sir. <laughs> you are not welcome here today. We will have to cover like the thorough treatment of yes. hemorrhoids oh, in for another sure. episode. But um, is there anything else that you can think of that women might find that they would want to be reassured that it was normal for them? Um, I mean, maybe some kind of discharge that would come with as, like, they're opening up mm-hmm. their labias or exploring their vaginal opening. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about discoloration? Like, what they visualize with the different colors of their skin down there? Which, I mean, I, th- I think it just goes, again, back to the, like, there's so many different types of normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but understanding your own normal so that when you do see anything that is, like, shifting or whatever, that you can kind of research that a little bit more about your own body, what's going on with it, and all that good stuff. Um, because it's perfectly normal for things to be brown or pink or, you know, whatever down there. And then depending on what your normal is, what you're seeing shifting from that to potentially could be normal depending on where you're at in your cycle or if you're right. pregnant or not or um, all of that has so much to do with hormones and all that, but, um, but it's helpful at the very least to understand what your kind of normal, what your normal is. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't you say like in general, that tissue tends to be like just a little bit darker for sure. Yeah. 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 Nice. Well, thanks for taking us on that little Anytime, journey through the body. I'm sure we'll meet back there again sometime. <laughs> we sure will. <laughs> yeah. We have to refer back to this episode. Yes. For lots of future things that we end up talking about. For Probably. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And if after you, you know, take your mirror or your phone or whatever and you're checking things out, you um, want to share any interesting insights or thoughts that you have about any of this, um, you can jump onto our Facebook group. If you jump on Facebook and search the Wine and Gine community um you can get in there and uh we'd love to have you chat with other women who are listening too and um share your thoughts on all this good stuff and you're welcome also if you enjoyed this little tour to leave us a little review over here subscribe you know all that fun stuff and we'd love to love to hear from you yeah so it's been a good episode it has yeah cheers my friend yeah cheers (laughs) Cheers to labias and Mel's pubises. Oh, yeah. Pubi. Uterize and pubi. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, later, uterize. We'll see you soon. Bye. The sponsor of today's show is Whole Mother Co., a fun give-back shop that includes you, the busy mama, in making an impact with your purchases. Your partnership raises money promotes awareness, and supports the mother-friendly causes you care about. Use code WINEANDGUINE at wholemotherco.com to get $5 off your first order. 
Sean Kelly, they made it all the way to the end. What did they win? Lady, you've won a priceless connection with your amazing body that you've been doing your fab life in. Our hope is we've gifted you with some information and perspective you can use. Sharing is caring, and our mission is to make these topics familiar to all women. We bet you can think of three people right now who will find this episode helpful. So be a pal and share it. Lastly, you won't want to miss a thing coming up in Wine and Guide. So subscribe to get all the tasty details directly to your ears. Have a great day, vagina experts.